one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. Oh my god, I actually screwed up the name of the podcast. TMCJ podcast, thank you very much. What, what did you say? I thought I said TMCG podcast. I think you said J. Did I? Maybe. Well, hopefully <laughs> anyway. you, you people at home can uh, tell me whether or not I fucked up the name of our own podcast. But uh, welcome back. This is episode 25 of the TMCJ podcast. Um, quite an auspicious number, if only because it comes before 26, which is the half year mark. We're, we've been doing this for almost oh, really? half a year now. Wait, so hang on, we're one week before half a year? We're one week before half a year. Holy fuck. Nice. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, a, a, a year is fifty-two weeks, so twenty-six is uh, the halfway mark. So, so next week will be the uh, half a year mark for our podcast, which is again insane. Um, but yeah, I I've got a uh, I've got a topic that I want to jump right into, uh, mainly because it's near and dear to our hearts with how much we rag on social media. Um, now there was a. I, Again, we, we try to veer away from politics, and so I'm going to keep this introduction as neutral as possible. There was a very high-profile uh, banning on Twitter um, and Facebook in oh, the U.S., this. Yeah. Uh, followed by quite a few more bannings on Twitter, and I presume on other social media, but I, I wasn't really following those. That isn't what I want to talk about, though. What I want to talk about is the international reaction to it, not by people, but by other world leaders. Um, specifically, <laughs> headed, spearheaded by the Mexican government, the president of Mexico, and several other world leaders, including Poland, Germany, I think Angela Merkel's on this, they're all starting a campaign against social media companies because social media has become so ubiquitous it's how a lot of these leaders talk to their people and get messages out if they yeah. can just arbitrarily take somebody off social media a, a, a world leader a current world leader then that is a serious threat to them because if you think about it from their perspective there's a foreign cartel that has just decided nope you can't talk to your people anymore um yeah so. it's kind of um a weird paradigm we've got ourselves into in this day and age where people who run the social media have power over the president <laughs> it's crazy uh, yeah I mean it kind of showing up the way the world's going I suppose with you know the internet and all well yeah it's it's almost like um, in previous ages of US politics the politicians had to kind of uh, kiss up to the, the oil companies or the train companies or whatever because they had well, they, they wielded quite a bit of power, or the the trade unions or something like that. Now it's the social media companies. Mm. Um, and so I think this is... this is. It was kind of a wake-up call for a lot of other leaders that didn't like um, the person who got banned. Um, yeah. I bet Vladimir Putin is real worried about getting his Neopets account banned. Oh, God. I, that guy doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> But people in other countries... Poland actually uh, passed a very interesting law that I, I think is... Um, I, I'm, I think it was actually a very intelligent way to handle it. Um, they passed a law that said no one in Poland 
can be banned from a social if, if the social media companies want to do business in Poland they can't ban anyone in Poland for doing something that isn't illegal in Poland right okay which I think makes a whole lot of sense because if the person hasn't committed a crime and these things are supposed to be platforms for people to speak their mind then there should be no reason they get banned yeah it makes sense um I'm sure people would find loopholes, but the general... Yeah. <laughs> but it just... It, it The whole thing just made me laugh because, you know, Angela Merkel and the president of Mexico, two people that were not the biggest fans of Trump, both of them are now essentially not taking his side, but they, they've kind of got the same enemy now. Yeah, the enemy... Oh, was it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, uh... I don't know. I feel like... <laughs> I've always been in the opinion that people need to watch themselves a bit more on what they do and don't say on social media. Yeah. In, in The way I handle things is that I would not say anything on social media that I would not say to a person face-to-face -face in real life. Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of... Oh, sorry. Did you have more to that thought? No, no, no. no. Oh. I, I, I agree with you. I just don't like. So, you can be a jackass in real life without getting arrested. You might get punched in the face, but you wouldn't yeah. get arrested. You wouldn't get like, I don't know. To, to put it in real life terms, if you were walking down the street and um, some guy was walking opposite you and he was ugly, and you're like, "Man, you're fucking ugly." right to his face, right? Mm -hmm. um, he might punch you in the face, but a cop isn't going to show up and say, all right, you're banned from sidewalks. Like, right. but that's what happens on social media. So I, like, I agree with you. That's the same way I conducted myself. I tried to, um, I tried to have, like, the same kind of conversations on social media that I would have in real life, in person. Hmm. Uh, that being said, I would also do things that I wouldn't do in social media, which was just to post something completely random and nonsensical and send it out into the world. I wouldn't climb mean, up on top of my roof and just shout something nonsensical. Yeah. But I, well, I do... I mean, a lot more people will hear it on social media. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the weird thing. And I, I get it. Like, the, the drive to try and, like ban kind of unpleasant people um but yeah my my opinion is even if i wouldn't do it it's not illegal they they have the right to do it in real life they should have the right to do it on social media mm -hmm. um you or could at least be in a, america that's the case <laughs> yeah that's true there, there are other countries where they, they definitely don't um and yeah we won't get too deep into that. But one of the most prominent countries where they don't, um, they uh, they have their own social media. And they don't allow the ones that are based out of Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah? Yeah, China has all of its own uh, social media stuff, um, like Weibo and a couple other different platforms. I'm trying to remember what they're all called. Back in college, we tried to download a few of them just to see what they were like, but they were all blocked, and we didn't have a VPN at the time. Right. So you've got to be in China to run them? You've got to be in China just to get them. Now, I don't hmm. think that's the case. Now, I think you can get them outside of China. 
um, either through a VPN or they might just allow you to download them. We also tried to get, um, so North Korea also has its own proprietary like bootleg version of Windows and like Firefox and stuff. And it's called like, you know, the great leader operating system and like the, the, the red star browser or something. I'm not kidding. That's what they were like. We, we tried to get copies of these back in college just to see how shitty they were. Yeah. But they were all like, you know, they were all blocked by, by VPNs and stuff. But um, other examples, I mean, I think it's, I'm going to get this wrong. I, it's either the Philippines or Singapore. One of them still has a monarchy, and it's illegal there to say anything critical of the monarch. And so there are people who have been arrested for posting things on social media that are critical of the uh, the royal family. Yeah. Oh, we got plenty of people being critical about our royal family. <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of people really love our royal family. Yeah, the British, the British relationship with the monarch has always been something that's been fascinating to me. Because monarch still exists, the monarch still has power, still draws a uh, like a paycheck from the government, and still technically owns several countries around the world, the earth, including the you know the British Isles. But mm. they don't exercise that power, and the people kind of can be like openly critical. And but at the same time, uh, endearing. It's almost like a familial relationship, you know. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's a, a large part of the reason that everyone likes it so much is that it's steeped in the history. It's saying that we're not getting rid of the, you know, we're not replacing, we're not bringing in anything new. Um, it's our heritage, and I don't know. We kind of like having it around. Yeah, it's like. Um... A national icon. Yeah, brings in a lot of tourism. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, it's just kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> like having a, 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 I don't know, first edition shiny Pokemon card. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, the Queen of England, she's a shiny Charizard. She is. She's so shiny. Oh, um, uh, But yeah, like, not, not, not even America's got one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's true. I, I mean, yeah. the the rest of the Commonwealth still has her on the money. Mm. Like, uh, what is it? Australia, Canada, South Africa. Oh my God! Can you imagine if Twitter banned the Queen? Oh my God! <laughs> then there would be hell to pay. <laughs> <laughs> the red coats are coming. I wonder if the royal family have an official Twitter. I'm gonna look. I, Sorry. These days, I, I would. It would surprise me if something as prominent as the royal family of the UK didn't have a Twitter right? account or or social media accounts essentially dedicated to them. Um. Yeah, it, I want to see all these like pictures of corgis and things. It's probably well. To be fair, it's probably run by some sort of administrator. Oh my god! Okay, Queen Elizabeth II has a Twitter page. <laughs> of course she uh, does. I mean, yeah, I, I doubt she's probably never seen it herself. But <laughs> yeah, it's probably run by somebody else. The way most politicians have their Twitter accounts run by like some college admin or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm waiting for the corgis. I haven't seen the corgis yet. <laughs> You just expected it to be nothing but corgis. Yeah, corgi pictures. I mean, that's what the internet's for. <laughs> oh my god. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. There's um. It it has been it has been interesting and and anyway getting back to the like the thing that I yes, originally sorry. brought this up for, uh, Twitter has been, well Twitter and Facebook have both been suffering in terms of their stock price because of this international now controversy. Um, Twitter I think their their stocks dropped from fifty three dollars a share down to the mid forties, which lost them a total of something like five billion dollars in company value. Um, yeah, Facebook What's has had biggest... something similar happen to them, you know, losing stock value because of it. I, I also I kind of imagine that a lot of people probably added Twitter accounts the moment they found out that um, Trump was banned from it. Actually, it's it's kind of the opposite. People, they, I think. Uh, do you know the comedian Jonathan Pye? I think you spoke told me about him recently. Yeah, he he put out a video of it that that made. That made a whole, like that made me me laugh. Um, it was the the way he described it is you know what what what's the reason to get on Twitter now? Like people used to log in because Trump was like this abusive uncle who was also funny, and he just he was funny and endearing, but also he would slap you in the face or something like that. It was just so people would log in just to to see the stupid shit that he would be posting. Yeah. Um, and now that's I mean, gone. So I think Twitter has lost one of their um, biggest draws because it's already memes. Twitter's already a, like a horrendously toxic place. Oh yeah, I mean just just right now I'm being told to follow Ubisoft. Oh god, which obviously you know I've used on that. And the other person is telling me to follow is Mark Ruffalo. Who the fuck's Mark Ruffalo? The guy that plays the Incredible Hulk is just. A massive oh, that dude. guy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. why those two things? God. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, sorry, enough bashing of Twitter, I guess. Yeah, I, I can, we won't drone on about this too long. But I did want to talk about that right off because I found it very fascinating. Kind of law of unintended consequences. Um, you take an action that seemed fairly straightforward, and suddenly you've got several countries breathing down your neck yeah worrying <laughs> yeah but I think it's something that needed to happen I mean social media is probably in terms of government regulation it's one of the re least regulated industries out there um, I personally think the government should regulate as little as possible but even I'm starting to recognize like there's something deeply unhealthy going on when it comes to social media. Mm. Uh, but of course, who am I to talk? I don't use social media. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, we neither of us particularly use it all that much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, apart from Discord, which is technically social media, but yeah, that's kind of a closed community we live in. I don't. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's a private server, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really... It's it's more like just being in a chat room with your friends to use a early 2000s metaphor. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that that honestly is... I don't want to dwell on this for too long. Um, yeah, let's get move on. Yeah, unfortunately, that was the only topic I had written down. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm. But... Uh, okay. 
Well, why? Did you have something you wanted to talk about? No, I was about to brainstorm. I'm good at that kind of shit. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, okay, we'll talk for a bit. <laughs> Alright. Well, I'm just going to take this opportunity to brag. I managed to uh, get my hands on a uh, NVIDIA Founders Edition 3090 new graphics card. The that have been It came out in September, but it's been in short supply since September. Um, amongst several other pieces of like high-end electronics, like the new Xbox, the new PlayStation, that are just basically out of stock everywhere. I only managed to pick one up because Raymond pinged me when Best Buy suddenly had announced they had new stock in, and I dropped yeah. what I was doing to get on their website and quickly buy it. Um, but, yeah. yeah no, I've, I've heard everyone on the hype has been going crazy about you getting this thing, and I'm like, I don't really know about hardware, but I'm happy for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new uh, video card. Yeah. Technology. Uh, even better YouTube videos? Uh, yes, actually. Nice. So I some of the stuff that I've been editing, like it's a lot smoother now. And what I was talking about yesterday when we were playing Door Kickers, um, recording has that... become a lot easier. Very in graphically intensive game. Well, <laughs> it, it, the game isn't graphically intensive, but the, the video card's ability to handle simultaneous tasks. So... I'm playing the game, I'm also recording the video twice, recording audio, and that's not causing the game or the video recording to lag at all. Yeah. So. Okay. Are you ready for a topic? Yes, I'm ready for a topic. Uh, greatest or most shocking plot twists in series of TV or game? Well, to preface... Oh, TV or game. Um... Mm. Well, I mean, old book or whatever. Well, I was just thinking it was a pretty big plot twist in the movie we watched last night. There was, but we could save that for part two. <laughs> I know, it's, just, it's the first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, let me think about that for a second. Do you have one in one in mind that you can start with? Because I, I actually have to think for a second. Uh, I have to think for a second as well, but I will, I'll blab for a bit. God, we're uh, okay. terrible at this. So... Yeah, it's one of those topics where, where you're like, man, I feel like every TV program at some point has a plot twist to keep things interesting. But a lot of them don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I know there have been movies and TV shows out there that I have watched and been like, like Mind oh boredom. shit, I did not see that coming. Yeah. But I'm having a really, really hard time thinking of one now. Like one that <laughs> one that really stuck out because you're right. There there are twists in a lot of stories, and they mm. tend to be kind of a dime a dozen. I'm gonna use one from my childhood, from a book, um, okay. which is probably pretty familiar to everyone now, uh, and it was kind of traumatic when I read it. Um, the Song of Ice and Fire, better known these days as Game of Thrones, which is the name of the first book in the series. Uh, the second book in the series, A Clash of Kings has a, the plot twist the the red wedding which i guess is oh that's true that was it, so in the books you don't see it coming you, you like you're reading through the starks seem like the heroes of the story they're the only good guys and you're just cheering them on yeah and I don't then think you see it coming in the tv series either that's well then they they stayed true to the book because i didn't i only watched the first two episodes of the tv show and that just made me want to read the books again so i just read the books yeah. again um but yeah, that that that's a there. That's one 
that was a hugely shocking plot twist and i remember being like traumatized by that because i read those books when i was like 12 i think yeah i, I remember mean, the traumatized the... is probably too strong a word but it, it was shocking yeah absolutely when at the time when it came out uh, i had not seen any game of thrones and i wasn't particularly interested in it and uh yeah i remember just everyone was talking about it at the time <laughs> pardon me um yeah, to, so for some context, I feel like the Game of Thrones, or at least that particular episode, has been out for long enough now that we can talk about it. Yeah, to, so to describe, I'm going to describe it in the book, because I personally think that the book did it better, because... Okay. Fuck you. The, the, Wait, fuck me? No, no, I'm just, I was just, it was just a general <laughs> fuck you out to the world. That's a social media fuck you. I just sent it out into the ether. Uh, um, but no, uh, the... Oh, excuse me. Just burped into the microphone. Um, maybe it didn't come through. What happens in the in the book series, uh, to give a general plot synopsis, is one of the seven noble houses uh, has essentially risen up in rebellion with another one of the seven ro uh, noble houses against the king because the son of the king decided he was going to execute the head of that noble house's like household on fallacious charges um instead of doing what they agreed to do which was to just send him off to take like an oath of celibacy and live on this wall far in the north guarding the kingdoms and so they they basically the the king's son like you know screwed screwed over a deal and then they the house rose up in rebellion now the rebellion is going very well until uh, the person who's leading it, the son of the guy that got executed, Rob Stark, until he decides that he's going to break a marriage vow with one of the lesser houses and instead marry this woman that he just kind of fell in love with and met randomly. And that house gets bitter. So they, they, they renegotiate and they agree that you know his uh, uncle is going to instead marry someone from that lesser noble house and the wedding is going on and the reason it's called the red wedding is the guy from that lesser, no lesser noble house cuts a deal in the background with one of the the loyalist houses and they murder everyone at the wedding party all the men um and, and the big doggos and the big doggos, yeah, they had dire wolves. Uh, that that's the saddest part, honestly. It is because those wolves were fucking awesome, but so they many were. of them end up dead in the series. And so that that was it because you you think everything's going well, like they're winning. You think it's it's kind of getting like things are getting good, and then that happens, and they slaughter some of the most prominent characters in the series up until that point. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's beautifully done. Yeah. And in the in the books, they they lead up to it. You really don't see it coming until it happens. At least that was my you know my experience with it, reading it. Yeah. Uh, I realized that was a whole big opportunity for me to think of as one of but, my own. But you yeah. didn't do it. I didn't. I fucked up. I was thinking about the Game of Thrones. Um, God. There's quite yeah, like you said just now. There's a lot of very recent stuff where there were plot twists. I can't really talk about that. Uh, oh my god. Um, 
hold on. I'm I'm gonna t I'm taking a peek at my uh, game library because I know there are other games that had. Oh, um, Knights of the Old Republic, the original one. I never played it. Okay. Well, again, let me <laughs> uh, go through that. So, Knights of the Old Republic is a Star Wars game set three thousand years before the events of the original Star Wars movies. Um. The main character is somebody who is a Jedi who's lost their memory, and you, they're, the galaxy's at war. There's a civil war headed up by a Jedi, like a fallen Jedi on one side, and then the Republic and the rest of the Jedi Order on the other side. Um, go through the game, train yourself back up. You never recover your memories until near the end of the game, where it's revealed that your character was originally the head of the Rebellion, like who's leading the fight against the Republic, one of the the evil, the fallen Jedi, the Sith, and a strike team had essentially boarded the ship, blown everything away. You were almost dead. They brought you back and erased your memories and used you as a weapon against your former apprentice, who is still leading the uh, the rebellion. And you have a choice at that point. You can either decide, okay, go dark side and continue to try and kill off the Republic now that you've got your memories back, or decide, okay, I've changed my mind, I was wrong, and then fight your old apprentice, and then stop the rebellion. So, it's, it, and again, it, it's a, a, another plot point that's masterfully done. Like, you, I didn't see it coming the first time I played through the game until literally the very end, when yeah. it happened. Oh. Hmm. Spec up the line. Oh, that's another good one, yeah. Spec up yeah, that's a big twist right at the end, uh, where it turns out, what is it? it? Turns out you're actually just a fucking crazy person, and you've been <laughs> shooting a bunch of people on your own and gone rogue or something. When you, like yeah. for most so, of the game, you think you're doing a noble mission. Yeah, Spec Ops: The Line is it, it's a fairly generic shooter, uh, like third-person over-the-shoulder shooter, set mm -hmm. in. Uh, like a post-apocalypse Dubai. Um, I say post-apocalypse, but basically some sort of a natural disaster happened and buried most of the city in sand. Um, you play most of the game thinking you're part of a small special ops squad who's in there trying to find um, essentially another relief force, an American relief force that went rogue you get to the end and you find out that you've been there the whole time that the force that went rogue was you and you've just been wandering around the city trying to convince yourself that you're actually a good person and haven't committed all these atrocities and it like the game does a very good job like slowly showing the character's descent down into madness um, or I guess it would be more accurate to say slowly revealing the character's madness to himself. Mm. Very good game. Love that game. Very generic in terms of gameplay, but the writing in it and yeah, the story is what it's what really drives it. Yeah, for. yeah. Uh, God, I don't know why I'm struggling so hard. I, I've read and seen so many things. It's what? like. Considering the fact that we have an entire media segment that is usually overflowing with stuff that we want to talk about, it's shocking that we can't think of this. <laughs> I mean, we've definitely got an overflowing media segment, but... Um... Uh, fuck, Deus Ex. Wait. 
a, a Deus Ex Machina is, is literally what we're... Well... Wait, Deus Ex? Oh. Oh, the you're talking about the um, the original game. Yeah. I don't think that... I mean, was there mm. too much one? I mean, the, the game was pretty much like, hey, Illuminati, and that was the the plot line as far as I remember. Mm. <laughs> hey, wait, how about the original Star Wars trilogy? The the whole Luke I am your father thing. That's true. I, I mean, mean it's yeah, it, it's, it's so old that I don't really It's think so it's old that... that you don't think of it, but when it came no. out it did. Like, um, that was a big I mean, uh, big twist. I think it's I think I knew about the twist before getting into the film because Well yeah, the phrase Luke I am your father is so ubiquitous now in like the the cultural yeah. mind that of course that people are going to yeah. Harry Potter? The You're whole a wizard, thing? Harry. Snape turning out to not be a total twat. Um uh, I mean there's a few plot twists in Harry Potter actually. I don't know. I didn't read the books. I watched the movies like long after the books had been out, so I, I knew a lot of the plot twists ahead of time. So that's another one that maybe it just didn't strike me because I already knew mm. about them. Oh, uh, okay. Dumbledore dying. I mean, that was a big plot twist. Oh, when yeah, it that was a big. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of even more current kind of thing where someone died. Hmm. Uh, which I, I'm not even gonna hint at because I don't want. I've already been burnt by someone telling me off for saying it out loud. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. You'll have to tell me. It, yeah, tell tell me that off the podcast. Yeah. I actually don't know what you're talking about. Well, okay, it, it, superhero related. No, nope. still nothing. Nope, still nothing. Okay. Wait, are you talking about, um, like, Avengers? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be as vague about it as humanly possible. Alright, well, uh, I mean, that's still pretty vague. Um, and there's, there's... There's quite a bit of death, so... Mm. That, that's actually... I wouldn't call that a, a... The one I'm thinking of, at least, that's not so much a plot twist and more of a, um... Just, like, that's, that's, that's a good ending. Hmm. But, uh, I suppose Shadow of Mordor had a had a few because I haven't um, I haven't beaten the game. Have you not? No, I I played oh, I it love for a Shadow. while, like a few years ago, but never beat it. Wait, is Shadow of Mordor the first one, or is it Shadow of War? Shadow of War is the second one. Shadow of Mordor okay, is good. the first one. Uh, yeah, Shadow of Mordor, the first one was really really good, and it flashed out a lot of the uh, universe of Lord of the Rings. Uh, of Middle Earth, um, particularly with the fact, because obviously it revolves around Celebrimbor, mm -hmm. who is the uh, an Elven, uh, well, a deceased Elven lord, I think. Well, I know he's deceased. I'm just not sure if he's a lord. Um, and he was the one who originally created the Rings of Power for Sauron. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I remember when this game came out, like. <laughs> I think the, the exact quote I remember from uh, Zero Punctuation was, um, you know, he, he was calling the developers psychotic because they're creating a new piece of canon in a beloved franchise in a video game format, and 
it he's like this is just tailor made to like just piss off fanboys and but yeah. so unsur- but surprisingly it was it was good and it was well received and it was well written it was uh, the dwarf was a piece of shit in that game, and I think he could have done without it. But <laughs> um, just because the missions he gave were so boring. Um, but yeah, the um, it goes into how I don't know, a, a lot more in depth into actually Sauron himself, what he was like before yeah. he was in the suit of armor. Um, I don't know if that's not a plot twist, but yeah, is is that a I mean, you you did make me think of another fresh information on on such a significant series that everyone had just kind of assumed was set in stone. This is gonna drive um, me like nuts. Like after this, I guess. Oh yeah. Ha- Halo might be a good uh, one to have a plot. To. Like the original Halo game had the twi- like the flood showing up. That like you think it's just a aliens versus humans game, and then all of a sudden zombie plague. Hmm. I'm not sure if you'd really consider that so much of a, a twist. There's a couple twists in that game, like the little floating orb robot guy that you think is helping you is revealed to actually be trying to use you to activate the Halo Ring and kill all life. Um, the Halo Ring? Halo Ring, yeah. What's a Halo Ring? Have you never played Halo? I have played Halo. I've played Reach. Okay. The game is named after the Halo rings. These giant ancient super weapons that are made to wipe out life in the galaxy so that the flood can't feed on anything. Uh. <laughs> no, I didn't know about that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty major... I guess if you played Reach, you wouldn't know that because Reach takes place before they discover the Halo rings or the flood. So okay. during Reach, it is just a straightforward humans versus aliens um, kind of scenario. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> With that, though, I think we should probably end this segment because we are kind of just waffling on a bit. Not really. This is going to drive me nuts. If if I think of more in the interim, segment three, we'll talk about a couple more plot twists if we have time. Beatles. Because this is, I I feel like my integrity is at stake here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's call it there. This is going to be uh, the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again soon. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, which we've already talked about off off air that. I think this is probably this is going to bleed into segment three. We don't have anything particularly special planned for segment three, and there has been quite a bit of media this week. Um, but we've both been Oops. watching some stuff offline, uh, and then we also had movie night. So, uh, yeah. Do what do you want to feel like? Should we start off with the movie we watched? Yeah, we should start off with the joint one. Okay. Well, so we watched. Uh, it was it was Alicia's choice this week, and it was uh, Hot Fuzz. A movie that Indeed. somehow I had not only never seen, but I had no idea what the plot twist in that was going to be. Um, like and after half an hour of fiddling around, we got it working. <laughs> uh. Yeah, YouTube uh, um, video sharing. Maybe not as. Uh, <laughs> speaking of you know 
streaming services because normally we're it's you know, two of the big ones amazon and netflix that we're ragging on but this time it was youtube youtube and discord and yeah just not not wanting to cooperate mm. but uh yeah so hot fuzz is all about a policeman from london who gets assigned to a little country village because he's showing up the rest of the force yeah and the little country village uh turns out to be uh, basically run by a cult of um, yeah, so elderly... Okay. Two, two things. We should preface this that, A, this is going to be spoiler-ridden, so if you, if yes. you want to see the, um, like, if you want to experience the plot twist like I did, then just watch, watch the movie before you listen to this. But two, I feel like Showing up the rest of the force in London needs a little bit more explanation. Like, Does he, it? he set, like, new fitness records. He was, like, arresting, like, hundreds of people above his quota. Like, the yeah, man he was... Like, he was a 400% arrest rate or something. Or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, something crazy like that. And he, like, he was a robot in terms of how he talked to people. He was, like, he knew all the police regulations by heart and everything. So... That's what we mean when we say he was showing up the rest of the force, and so everyone else was kind of like, okay, get this guy out of here, you're making us look bad. But go yeah. on, go on. Uh, well, no, I was just giving a basic synopsis. Uh, so, yes, he comes across this uh, village, and everyone seems to be denying any uh, any kind of... What's the right word? Crimes? Misdemeanors? Yeah. Issues? They, they, Everything that happened happened by accident in the village. Yeah. Um, for the good of the village. <laughs> the greater good, sorry. The greater good. Yep. And it's it's basically a comedy uh, about the, you know, the police force in England, and it's very funny. Yeah, I uh, I, I recommend it. I do have to say, like the first half of the movie, it's a two-hour movie, and the first hour was just like this comedy about like it could have oh been just just that first hour and it would have just been a comedy about a cop from london who overdoes it and he's like way too serious about his job gets sent to the countryside and then just has to adjust to rural life like the biggest crime he has to deal with is chasing a swan that got out of the castle yeah. and um or dealing with like a, a guy who was picked uh, like a guy that was shoving like uh, stuff in his pockets from like a grocery store, right? Yeah. Um, and that's and he's just like he's missing his old life, you know, dealing with serious criminals and stuff like that. And he has to deal with this this like uh, fat kind of. Actually, one of the first people he brings in, I I found this part funny. Was one of the first people he brings in was uh, this guy who drank like eight beers and. 10 seconds and then tried to climb into his car and so he, he brought him into the police station and locks him up and the next day when he goes into for work for the first day he's he's like Where, where's the suspect that i locked up last night and he's like oh he's right there and he's behind him wearing a police uniform and he's like why are you wearing that that uniform he's like because because i am a policeman <laughs> like he's actually like he's the the chief inspector of the police station's son, and it, I don't know. There's there's a lot of very amusing moments in the movie, I found. Yeah. But then the uh, second half of the movie, 
which is the twist I'm talking about uh, that I, I, I gave the warning about what Blue is talking about with the, the whole cult thing is the uh, the town like he starts to notice like these accidents that are happening around the town or like it seems to, they all seem to be slightly connected like two people get decapitated and um, they're arranged to make it look like a car crash um, there's a person whose house blows up uh, and it's made to look like he was you know frying up breakfast and the gas like caught on something and it exploded um, there's a person who uh, dies because of a piece of scaffolding like crushes their head and it's made to look like you know a, a church roof that was falling apart like broke and it killed him and all of these things the, the cop starts to notice they're connected and he finds out that the town is run like Bluth saying by a cult the neighborhood watch is actually a cult that has been murdering anyone that makes their town look bad so they can keep winning the nicest village to live in award or something like that yeah village of the year village of the year that's what it was and um then the the rest of the movie suddenly turns into like a buddy cop like action thriller where he barely gets away and him and the the fat cop from the beginning go on like a shoot like a, this giant like gunfight all throughout the town with the neighborhood watch they've all got like world war one machine guns and shotguns and yeah so it's very like opposite it's this nice peaceful little village uh you know people going past on little little bicycles with you know lunchbox and stuff like that and then suddenly the lunchbox is open and they have dual berettas in them and they're firing <laughs> at these guys Guy comes in on a white horse with two shotguns on his back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just end up fighting across this this little town. A um, bunch of pensioners wielding all kinds of machine guns. Uh, There's so many like good bits in that too. Like the the old guy that comes out. Like most of them have like guns and stuff. And an old guy comes out with a fucking saber. And starts yeah, like, and he's more. he's yeah. yeah, and he's fighting him with like a billy club, like they they have a sword fight in the middle of the street. It's mm. it's a ridiculous over the top like action sequence to end the movie, and I didn't see any of it coming because like I thought it was just gonna be this silly, you know, goofy thing about a small town. This cop gets put there, and then there's a series of crimes, and he solves them, and that's how the movie gets resolved. But when that plot kind of was coming to an end at an hour through the movie, I'm like. What do they do for the next hour? <laughs> yeah, and then it just that that all happened. Could easily be just a different movie. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a very clear divide in the movie, and there, there's so many bits in that that made me fucking like. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like we've talked about all the cool parts. There are so many funny parts. Um, so, <laughs> I'm gonna get the one that keeps making me giggle whenever I think about yeah. it out of the way. There's a scene where the 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 serious cop is chasing down a uh, a thief from the grocery store, the one I was talking about earlier, and he decides to take a shortcut through people's backyards. And they have these these fences that are only about like three or four feet high, and so he just like vaults and leaps over them and does like a somersault over the last one, or sorry, yeah, like he does a like a ninja jump, <laughs> yeah, over the very last one, and then his his the the fat local cop decides he's he's like oh yeah i'm gonna do that too and he goes to jump the first one and just plows into it and takes the fence down 
<laughs> he just knocks a hole in the thing. <laughs> and I need we we have ourselves muted during this movie night so that we're not interrupting each other when we're when we're like watching it with commentary or background noise or anything. But yeah. I I nearly fell out of my chair laughing at that part. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Go on. I I'm gonna take a second to recover. That's right. Yeah. Um. God, there were just so many funny parts, and some of them are quite subtle. Others weren't. Uh, like the. The, uh, what's it called? Word puzzle thing at the beginning. Crossword. Oh, yeah. Uh, where she's like, fascist. fascist. And he's like, excuse me? Other down. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, hag. And she's like, excuse me? And he's like, oh, uh, three down or three across. Yeah. It's just, um. It's just like every other line is funny in some way. And, yeah, some like, there's a lot of, of different kinds of comedy as well. There's some slightly more adult humor. There's some that is that's, quite family. That's something that I, I feel like a lot of uh, comedy, a lot of big name comedy movies fall into the trap of. They'll, they'll commit themselves to one kind of humor, right? Mm. It's either all like, you know, body humor, all like crass toilet humor all yeah. like intellectual humor it's it's there's but this one like really you had the female police officer who was obviously a very niche humor jokes that came out of her I know. um but then at the same time you had like the the whole swan escapade yeah which is very family friendly <laughs> yeah the, the 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 female police officer i think that was um God, she she had this re- she had a really good line in the beginning of the movie, and I'm trying to remember it. Like they, um, the police inspector is going around introducing everyone, and he's like, "And this is our only policewoman." And um, he's like, "Actually, we're supposed to refer to everyone as a police officer now." And it's like it's to avoid sexism. And she's like, "I don't know. I've you know I've gotten a lot of use out of out of it, or something like that." And it just. I can't remember ex- the exact line because it was actually very. I thought it was clever, like the the way. Um, it's a while when she was saying, um, "I can show you around. I've been around the police station yes, a that few one. times." Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. she she says something right before that too, because that's that's what leads into it, and there was just like. It was funny on the surface, but then there was it was followed up by the whole double entendre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I really like. <laughs> I was the goose part. I just found very funny, especially <laughs> at the end when they both swerve off the road. So um, this is this is my so we we talked whenever action movies and stuff like this come up, the the shooting bits always uh, are something that I I comment on, and I can't help myself. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but like, cause you you have the the classic action movie tropes of like somebody is firing a double barrel shotgun four times before they have to reload, and it's like okay, fine, whatever. It's just it's over the top and it's funny. But at the end, when the uh, the fat cop was firing his gun in the air, and it looked like the other guy was going to get away, my mind immediately went, oh, those bullets are going to come down. They'll probably hit the car, you know, a few miles down the <laughs> road, and that that'll be the joke. No, it was the swan. <laughs> the swan was still in the car. Like, this is, I was, I was thinking in terms of, of like, bullet velocity and trajectory, and not, oh, right, this is just a simple comedy movie. 
Yeah. But there, the, the, the movie had enough intelligent bits that I was giving it that much credit. I think that's uh, that's another... That, that's mm-hmm. what I'll, I'll... Not that I have, like, um, a bit of a overactive imagination. Just that it was... Cl- it was I was giving it too much credit. Yeah, I mean, th- there was also... Uh, maybe if you're a nervous disposition, there are a couple of jump scares in it. Um, mm. I know, even though I'm expecting them, <laughs> I did jump a couple of times because they timed the music perfectly with the big, like, you know, the guy coming out of his um, hotel room, like, throwing him into the wall. I knew that was going to happen, but it still made me jump. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the part you're talking about. That actually uh, didn't... I think I may have been, like... <laughs> I think I may have actually been looking at my phone when that happened. Oh. Because <laughs> I remember, like, okay, he's going back to his hotel room, and I was just listening to it, and then I was like, oh, I got a text message. And then I looked back up, and I was like, holy shit, there's a fight scene going on. Yeah. Um, there... The same with, like, every time they would walk around away, and it would, like, show the, the hooded figure. It would suddenly do the, that particular, like, piano note. The oh my god, the character of the the shop owner, right? The store owner, the guy with the mustache. Mm -hmm. Like they got that guy was perfect in that role. Like he just oozed the villain vibe. Yeah, very evil. Uh, Mind you, there's a lot of British villains out there. Yeah, they're quite um, often the bad guy. Do you know who the actor uh, Brian Cox is? Yeah, yeah. So I used to watch I back when Wait, uh, actor Brian Cox. The actor Brian Cox, yeah. Damn. He he's uh, been in a bunch of roles. He was in Troy. Uh, he played Agamemnon. When we talked about mean... that. So Brian Cox is the uh, astronomer. Wait, what? That that can't be right. Hold on, talk about the movie while I I check. Do you mean Brian Blessed? No, I don't mean Brian Blessed. Um, yeah, Brian Cox is the um. No, I do mean Brian Cox. B R B R I A N C O X. Brian Cox. Yeah. Look him up on IMDb. He's Brian English Cox, physicist and former musician who serves the professor oh my of God. particle physics. Brian Cox is an Emmy award-winning Scottish actor. He was born on June first, nineteen forty-six, in Dundee, Scotland, to Mary Anne Gillyline Cox. We both get two different answers when we type in Brian Cox because I get the physicist. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I looked it up on IMDb because I knew I was looking for an actor. There you go. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Also, when you said it, I was like, yes, I know who you're talking about. No, I don't understand. (laughs) Anyway, so I I was watching uh, Top Gear back when it was hosted by the real presenters, and um, they did an interview. He was on there being interviewed one time, and the question was asked by Jeremy Clarkson, you know, why why do uh, British people get cast as the, the villain so many times? And um, Brian Cox's answer made me laugh. He's like, I, th- I think it's because uh, Americans fear intelligence, <laughs> and it's like the the it's like the British accent you know has that air of intelligence. I think they fear intelligence. It just it made me it it amused me because you're right. I think there, we, there we are, can. Sorry, there are quite a few um, 
especially a posh British accent, does sound very yeah pretentious. And we, we can definitely get pretentious, and awesomely, awesomely, also, we uh, <laughs> have a firm grasp on sarcasm. Well, yeah. Whereas you don't really get that in most of the U.S. Yeah, so there's a lot of Bond villains who are British with like the black Mercedes and yeah. I um, yeah, I was I was brought up on a uh, healthy diet of sarcasm. Um. Mm. Delicious. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so any oh, I'm ch trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about from that movie or um... well, there's there's the other two movies that are attached to it, so I well, feel like. Yeah. Hold on. Let's let's stick to to this one, and then we can kind of close with talking about the fact that it is related to other stuff. Uh, I just I I'm trying to think of like the the plot. If there was anything else that, oh, there was one other thing: the landmine. Well, oh, sea yeah. mine. They go out to talk to like this this country farmer who hey, there was a complaint that he was cutting down like his neighbor's hedges, and. Um, he's at the end of the conversation like the guy's carrying a shotgun that's it's it's a double barrel but it's open so it's not like cocked and um the cop asks if he has a license for the firearm and he goes this one and the, co the cop's like what do you mean this one and they go into his shed and he's got a full arsenal of like modern and world war one and two era weapons including a old rusty sea mine and like they they look at if you've never seen like um a sea mine like uh that that era of of weapon picture the like what coronavirus looks like like if you've ever seen an illustration of it that but made of metal and it explodes if a ship touches it um yeah, a big spiky ball <laughs> big spiky ball exactly and he's he asks if it's live and um he's like you know don't aren't you afraid this thing's gonna blow up and the the farmer's like no nah, it's an old piece of junk and he whacks it with the shotgun <laughs> and then it, you you hear noises inside the thing and they think the whole place is gonna blow up yeah but it doesn't how effective would a sea mine be explosive wise because surely it's designed to create like pressure it's it's not really a the hmm. no it it's it would actually like uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure but you actually need a lot more explosive force to cause damage in the water than you need to cause damage on land so it probably would be a lot more dangerous above water okay um so the fact that they <laughs> Anyway, so like at the at the end of that scene when they realize it's not going to blow up, like he's calling it in and like reporting it to the station and in the background the fat cop and the old guy are just whacking the sea mine. See, it's not it doesn't work. It's a piece of junk. And they they keep whacking. And it's clearly making the cop like uncomfortable. Like he's he's trying to ignore the fact that they're they're slapping a giant explosive right behind him. <laughs> There was so many parts of that movie that just made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, you wanted to talk about the, the movies that are related to it? Uh, yeah, so at some point I'm going to make you watch Shaun of the Dead. That's okay. a given. Which, again, I, I at some point I'm going to make you watch Juan of the Dead. Yeah. 
Um, the uh, so sort of that is it's, again it's the same Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, um, except they're gonna be, they fight zombies instead of you know pensioners, and at World's End is all about um, it's I think it's a, a reunion from like when they were in school with a bunch of other people. And they're going on a pub crawl, which they never were able to complete as teenagers. But now they're adults, they're giving it another go. And that has a big... Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm probably not going to show you that movie, because I'm not... I don't know. Maybe not a big fan of it. it one day. But, um, so it turns from just a pub crawl, and then every time they go to a new pub, they're like... That, something weird happens each time it gets weirder and then by the end of it there's like they've worked out that most of the people in like I don't know if it's like just the village or if it's half the world or something have been uh, beaten up taken away out of the picture and replaced with these alien robots uh, and then <laughs> They get to the last pub, and someone, something, I can't remember how it happens, but the whole pub, like, def- descends into the bowels of the earth, and there's millions of these robot people. Um, and there's, like, some weird decision they have whether they want to explode the world or something, or just. I really want to see happen. this movie now. <laughs> it's. It, okay, for, for, for plot twists, it's one hell of a plot twist. But. It's just so fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with the, like this one. It seems to be the the shtick that I'm getting is that like from the yeah, all these movies that there's more. It, it's more ground in reality that is hot fuzz. Um, Shaun of the Dead is all about the zombie apocalypse is happening. What should we do? Let's go to the pub and wait it out. Uh, because I'm sure everyone at some point, or at least every person who's slightly nerdish, has thought what would be the best place to go when there's a zombie apocalypse. I mean, I already pretty uh, much live in a bunker, so. <laughs> and yeah, and you're well armed and everything. In England, <laughs> not so much. So they're armed with like, I don't know, gardening tools and, you know, spud guns or whatever. Uh, and it's a comedy. But it's a zombie comedy, so... <laughs> well, see, that's that's one of the reasons that I want to show you Juan of the Dead. It's basically that same premise, but set in communist Cuba. <laughs> yeah, and they think the zombies are... Are dissidents. Foreigners. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, they, they have the same situation, because um, n- no one's armed. So they have to use the same thing. They have to use, like, gardening tools or, you know, bats or whatever the hell they can come to hand. Yeah. It's a lot like Zombieland. I don't know if you've seen that. I have. I love that movie. Yeah, Zombieland is good. Zombieland. I haven't. Uh, I know there's a sequel. I haven't seen it, but I heard. I mean, like most sequels, I've heard it wasn't kind of didn't live up to the hype in the original. But right. no, Zombieland's a that's a good one. Mm. I really like that movie. Anyway, should we move on to the next topic? Yes. No. No. Well, let's let's do let's because I have been wanting... The, so, 
Star Wars has kind of gone down a weird road since Disney mm-hmm. took over, and it's been a mixed bag. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What? Sorry. What? Because I have two like topics. Shall I talk about mine and then you talk about yours? Then I talk about the other one. Uh. Or do you want to just go straight ahead? Well, this <laughs> this one that I'm talking about is probably going to bring us to the end of segment two. And then, since segment three, we don't have anything planned. We're just, by the way, I said at the beginning, but we're just going to, there's nothing special for segment three this week. Sorry, we're just going to keep talking about media because we've been a bunch of lazy fucking couch potatoes this week and just (laughs) watched movies. We've watched a lot of TV, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Star Wars since Disney took over has been a bit of a mixed bag. Um, On one hand they have kind of decided to breathe new life and put out a whole bunch of new media, TV shows, movies, side stories and things, books and things. On one hand, I'm like, great, they're they're putting out a whole bunch of new content, you know, as long as they get some people that are actually competent, um, they're going to put out some, some great stuff. Unfortunately, they didn't do that. They got a bunch of people who were basically hacks. The The uh, person who took over Lucasfilm from George Lucas is basically an incompetent movie producer who just knew the right people. That being said, like the first Star Wars sequel movie was pretty okay. I mean, it didn't have it didn't like it was probably on the same level as the the prequels, right? I mean, um, Force Awakens. Yeah, if if they just replaced the the main villain then I would almost have been happy with that. I think. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It, but it was it was it was pretty well done. Like it was kind of more actiony than a lot of the old Star Wars movies. It has the same plague that a lot of modern sci-fi has. Is it's just a whole bunch of like rapid fire, nonstop action, people running around and shouting, and there's not enough time to pay attention to the plot. Yeah. It's like they're trying to spend their budget as fast as possible. Yeah. Then they came out with the second one, which was. I, I saw it, because they had it up free on Netflix for a while, and that's when I watched it. I, there were bits of it that I just had to fast-forward through. It was so bad. I haven't seen the second the, the um, I've seen the third one, though. The Last Jedi, I think, is what it's it's called. I haven't seen the third one, I because the, the second one turned me off so much I couldn't watch the third one. This long, rambling preface is to bring me to the point that they have done a bunch of good side projects rogue one was a side movie they did absolutely loved it it was a spectacular movie like it, it had yeah, its, it, it had its flaws but i loved it i i watched it once and then like two days later i was still thinking about it and i watched it again like that's a good movie hmm. they also came out with the series the mandalorian which has been pretty critically acclaimed but that one you can only watch if you have a Disney Plus subscription. And I already have Netflix, and I already have Amazon Prime, so I didn't want to pay for another subscription. But now they Your came out with a second season. <laughs> but, but now they came out with a second season of it. So I'm like, all right, it's seven bucks for a month. I'm going to buy a month of it and just get my money's worth. So, And it was, it was worth it, because for seven bucks I plowed through the entire first season of the mandalorian which is what i actually wanted to talk about and it was i can see why people liked it but it has its flaws let me let me put it that way Mm. it's very much like a um like a western kind of thing where it's like 
you know, lone gunman walking around and doing his yeah. thing. And it, it focuses on the Mandalorians, which are a faction that I think didn't get fleshed out nearly enough in the Star Wars movies or media to date. Because no. they're, they're talked up a lot in the Knights of the Old Republic series, hmm. but not a lot in the main media for Star Wars. So yeah, I was the, I was happy to, to see... Sorry. Old board game where um, you would collect figures and cards for it, and it, it was kind of like it was kind of like Star Wars's answer to Warhammer. Mm. Um, and I remember Mandalorian warriors and beasts and things were in there, and they were really cool. Like their designs, yeah. like some of the beasts they had were like huge, hulking back creatures with mini guns for faces. Yep. Um. The, and I remember them being really awesome, but I never remember seeing or hearing anything about them in the films. One uh, of the coolest so. things uh, that they have, coolest pieces of technology that only shows up in uh, KOTOR, KOTOR 2, um, KOTOR being the abbreviation for Knights of the Old Republic, mm. is the Mandalorian Basilisk War Droids. They're these giant, like, hulking, like, single-person fighters that are heavily armed, heavily armored, and meant to make, like, planetary drops. They're really cool. Anyway, so the main character is a Mandalorian. Uh, basically, they're they're like a warrior people. Think like Wait, what what are they called? Mandalorian. A basilisk war droid. Basilisk. Thank you. Um, so basically, they're like these warrior peoples. They're they're like Boba Fett or Jango Fett from the Star Wars uh, movies. They're essentially like a one-man arsenal. They've got like flamethrowers and rockets and little like wrist yeah. launchers and rifles. This and is blasters. actually the thing that I was talking about as a bat with a minigun for a face. I've actually got like a model of this somewhere. Oh, really? The the basilisk? Yeah, I'll send you the picture of the one that I've got. Nice. Anyway, so talking about this series specifically, so I was really happy first of all that it was focused on the Mandalorian, Mandalorians, and one in particular. Um, I blew through the first season in a week. Like, I just could not stop watching it. It was... And it wasn't because the series was, like, spectacular. It was because it was... It was so much better than... I, I had lost hope for Star Wars, honestly. I thought the series was dead after the, the last two movies. Unintended? <laughs> Wait, what? What? Well, I mean, there's a new hope, and then you're oh, saying you're, you've lost I, oh, That was not... Damn it, that was not supposed to be a pun. Okay. But this series, I think, breathed hope that they still have some competent writers at Lucasfilm, and they're allowing them to put out good stuff. The first episode was very good. The second episode was just busy work. Um, like, I remember watching the episode, and kind of rolling my eyes when they got to like the five minute mark in the episode because I'm like oh this is going to take up the whole episode and it was just this stupid little busy work for the rest of the episode but then it starts to pick up again and there's, there's <coughs> cool things and it's just like he goes most of the episodes are self-contained meaning like they open with a plot point being introduced and they resolve the plot point by the end of the episode but there is like an overarching plot that goes across the whole series um, it's eight episodes long. They're like 30 to 40 minutes each for an episode. Um, I'm already watching season two, and I'm loving that just as much. Um, I just... And it has like a satisfying conclusion. Like, just... I... I was very, very happy with the, the first season. But it's not... 
there are plot holes, there are issues, but it's a good series <coughs> to just sit down and enjoy. Like if you if you kind of look the other way with a couple of the the plot holes cuz they they're not so glaring that it takes you out of the experience. They're just they're there if you really think about it. Yeah. But I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just I'm mooning over the series at this point, but <laughs> It sounds like one of those uh, shows, like when we watch Die Hard, where there's not a great deal of actual like topics to discuss on it, but it sounds like it's just a really fucking cool film, uh, yeah. TV series. Yeah, that's that's actually a perfect metaphor, because um, Die, Die Hard, ex yeah, exactly. We didn't have a whole lot to talk about. There's not a whole lot of deep philosophy. Riddick, too. We had the same reaction to that one. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of deep philosophy, but it was just enjoyable to watch. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm watching season two now. They're introducing some new characters. Some other Mandalorians came in. There's a bit of a you know plot twist. They're reintroducing something that I really loved from the old Star Wars canon, um, which are they're these uh, they're called dark troopers. They're essentially um, the Empire's attempt at making like unstoppable war droids, uh, and at first the they, ones... sorry, are those the ones that accompanied um, Geron Grievous? No, no, no. This was the they're, they're, they were in Empire time, right? So it was it was long after that because Grievous what was did... Clone Wars. What about hang on Empire? So Empire's post, right? Yeah, Empire's like so they they showed up like. Um, somewhere in between episode four and five. So right, in it's between... not the emperor's bodyguards that had like the red capes. And no, the... no, 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 no. These were so in in old Star Wars. Let so Star Wars has kind of been divided uh, into legends and canon now because the person who took over Lucasfilm, the person I was trash talking earlier, decided mm. arbitrarily. Okay, all the books, extended universe games, it's all non-canon now. Get it out of here. So they could start yeah. from, with a fresh slate because they couldn't be bothered to read all of that other crap. Um, which I think was a horrible decision because they had tons of extra material they could have used to make TV shows and movies and stuff and now they've basically thrown it out the window. Yeah, I mean, there was one quote in uh, just after, you know, the arena scene where they're um, escaping and there's a huge fight. I think it's yeah. really close to the Clone Wars. And one person goes over to Yoda, or I think it's Yoda, it might be Mace Windu, and says, there's a specialist group of clones that we need you to see. Hmm. And they made the whole Republic Commando game off of that. Yeah, yeah. And that was a fucking amazing game. Yeah, I enjoyed that game too. But yeah. to, to finish my thought, the... Um... Uh, the, so the, the Dark Troopers, they, they're Empire Age, and basically in the old Star Wars canon... Uh, it was the Empire needed a way to like kind of stomp out the the rebels and so what they did was they took um, you know crippled or dying stormtroopers and essentially genetically modified them and grafted them into like power like armor essentially to make what yeah. they called dark troopers which are these super powerful like um, mindless killing machines that were fused with droids they eventually got rid of those and then made uh, 
fully uh, robotic ones. So basically these giant hulking tanks that were essentially just killing machines. Yeah, dreadnoughts. Yeah, and so they just, at the episode that I just left off on on Mandalorian Season 2, they just revealed that they're that they're bringing those back like into the right. Star Wars universe and I saw those and there's there's such a cool concept from the old Star Wars that I I'm just really excited to see them come back. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing them in the films. They well, were never in the recognize. films. They were in games and they were in games and they were in books. Okay. The the are the dark troopers in uh the Battlefront 2. Yes. They're, they're the ones with the jetpacks yep. and the slight dark armor. Yep. They were like the worst fucking units. Yeah, I know. That, that's not a very good portrayal of them in that game. I, I was wondering if you would bring that up. Yeah, they're, they're portrayed yeah. as uh, kind of... They're kind of a shitty unit in that game. Yeah, that's the only place I've known them from. Yeah. All right. Well, so we should probably end segment two here because I know you've got more stuff to talk about because um, yeah. you've been watching another TV show. So... Uh, we're going to end segment two there. Uh, thank you all for listening. We're going to continue with media in segment three this week. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you for listening. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment three, normally our wildcard segment. But seeing as we have no wild card this week, uh, and we have a lot of media to talk about, we're continuing on from segment two. Blue, it was your turn. You have been watching something this week that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, okay, well, there's two things I want to talk about. First thing first. For last week, I was talking about um, Cobra Kai, the uh, Netflix series. Mm. And I was singing its praises, and honestly... I feel like it's disappointed me a little bit. Oh no! Uh, yeah, the first series beautiful, on point, epic, and the other two series also very enjoyable. But there were uh, maybe it's only looking back on it because I know I was very fanatical about it at the time and I kept watching it. I watched a season a day, so I watched it over three days. Watched the whole thing. Um. But there were definitely points where, in the second and third season, where I started to get frustrated. And primarily, it revolved around, I feel like they're trying to put a message into every scene that they did. Oh. Uh, that, and yeah. It's, it's nothing new, we've seen it before in other series. Um. Uh, but there were a lot of times where people were doing things just for the fact that they needed to do something to progress the plot slash send a message in some way. And I spoke in the first one about how I was like, okay, I'm glad that they showed the good side and the bad side of people. But there yeah. were times where there was no reason, particularly, for someone to be angry. Or there's a very small reason, and the good things outweigh the bad, and the person should have just been like, okay, let's talk about this. And instead, they come in with a major chip on their shoulder and just start causing chaos and drama when it was completely unnecessary. Um, 
likewise, there were a lot of... Um... So, hold on. Oh, before, go on. Before you move on from that point, I'm going to quote um, the, the critical drinker, because <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines that he uses when some kind of nonsensical plot point happens, and that's the... He goes, what's it? Um, it's like, I don't understand why this is happening, but I guess the script needs the plot to happen, so whatever. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of... Uh, it's yeah, just you kind of just... It happens. Yeah, it's an example of, like, lazy writing. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. We need to continue the plot, so there we go. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, everything would have been sorted out and dealt with, and everyone would be happy by the end of the second season. Yeah. Um, there's... Okay, right. So, to give you an example, at the end of the first season, there's a big reveal where... where the um David, the, the the leader of the good guys, shall we say. Yeah. Finds out that the pupil he's been training and uh this is also someone who is his he recently hired at work and he's been making this really good like friendship with. He's um invited the guy around his house all the time. He's training him in karate. Uh he's letting him like stay at his house, all these things. And then he finds out that he's the son of someone else. And then he kicks him out of the house. He says, you're fired. Don't ever let me see you again. All of this kind of stuff. Like, mm. pure fucking rage, which is completely out of left wing. Yeah. Um, and then... It's also against everything Miyagi taught him in the movie. Exactly. Um, and then... The kid still turns up to this uh, competition fight, and the guy's like suddenly cheering him on again. Like, there's no, there was no meeting with the two of them between those two points. He's gone from fired, never want to see you again, to cheering him on in a karate championship. Well, clearly, what happened is that David has suffered a frontal lobe injury. Yeah. And now can't control his emotions. And, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> the worst thing is that the same thing happens again with the same characters, right? So, God. he finds out. So, uh, the, the kids back living with him again. They've had another, like, whole bunch of time when they've been friends, they've been karateing, they've been doing all this stuff. <laughs> karate. And then. Yeah, I, I just uh, like it being his, used as a verb. Da uh, David's uh, daughter wants to get is like being grounded or something, and he the the kid finds a way to get her out of the house, and they go to this party, right? Yeah. Uh, this house party, they drink. Um, she drinks a lot because she's being competitive with someone else. Does he karate or pregnant? And, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck it, Alcazar. I'm sorry. So, sometimes it just popped into my head, and I, I'm normally good about stopping myself from saying stupid shit when it pops into my head, but not, I, I didn't uh, that time. I'm sorry about that. So the police turn up at the party, and everyone runs away. And she's like, oh, I can't go home to my parents like this because... I've very clearly been drinking. Yeah, I sh yeah. I'm meant to be grounded. So he's like, that's fine. You can stay with my dad. Uh, 
who he's not really on good terms with either, but whatever. He turns up and the dad's like, yeah, it's fine, you can stay the night. Uh, turns out David's got like a track my child thing on his phone. So he turns up at the guy's house and suddenly he's like rage and fire and he's like, oh, I'm going to beat you up because you've got my daughter. So basically it's all the daughter's fault, but he directs all of his rage at, at the, the kid that he's been training up. Oh, the kid. All that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so exactly the same thing happens again. He's like, oh, I fucking hate you. You stay away, etc., etc." Uh The kid then literally puts someone in hospital because he's defending the daughter, like, in a fight. Yeah. Uh, he gets... <laughs> and the, David, he goes and fucking talks to him, and he's like, you should really hand yourself in to the, to the authorities. And then he tries to get him out of prison and all that, and it's like... Oh my god, make up your mind! You just hated him again! I think David just, just might be bipolar. Ah, uh, this is what I mean by, like, the plot needs it to happen. So he hates him one second, he loves him the next, he's trying to get him out of prison. Yeah. But he hates him because he's not even banging his daughter. Sorry, pardon my language. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's just such back-and-forth bullshit. And, I don't think your language is a problem, given what I said a few minutes ago. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, um, and there's a lot of um, circumstantial things that happen more often than you might think. So the leader of the two... The two leaders of the main dojos, right? Yeah, David and but, um, other guy. What the fuck is that guy's name? I can't, I've been watching a lot of TV shows, and I've watched it for like three days, so... The, the, yeah, the blonde remember. dude from the, the movie that guy yeah um they are obviously like constantly at each other's necks because they have to be hmm. but twice they go on dinner dates with their partners and they run into each other and oh they happen to have been at the table next to each other in the same restaurant at the same time this so is the first time I'm talking about it. The, the plot on. kind of relies on contrivance and convenience a lot of the time. But and they sit down and they're like, they hate each other, and then they work out each other's differences over the course of the meal, and they're laughing and joking by the end. This happens twice, maybe even more times, but I just can't remember it anymore. Alright, David, I'm gonna kick your ass. Now please, pass the bread. Would you like any Parmesan? Ah, <sighs> It's just so, like, the Circumstance. How many times have you circumstantially run into a person in your life? I mean, if you live in a small town, but they don't, do they? they I supposed... live in England, Kaiser. <laughs> it <laughs> yes. is a small town. England is a small town. <laughs> but you guys also um, have a very, very large, high, like population density, at least in the the south of uh, England. Maybe not so much in the north and in Scotland, but but this is set in America. Yeah, I know, but that that's that was my point. Is like oh, if yeah, yeah. if they lived in a small town, it would make so I should be like maybe a, would make sense, but not seeing everyone on a daily basis. But this guy is like running into him so often. And well, does he uh, does David have a track my child on his rival too? God. <laughs> um, I I think that I yeah, it kind of angered me. But listening to that plot synopsis, I think um, that plot becomes a lot funnier if you just imagine uh, David as a sociopath and a stalker. 
Like, I mean, <laughs> because he, clearly that's that's why he's reacting like that, and he's he's always showing up at his rivals uh, or with wherever his rival is because he's stalking him. Mm. Like the karate in it. Whenever it gets to an actual karate part, I'm like, hell yeah, we're actually getting back into the media thing, and I really enjoy the karate moments still. Oh, um, you know what? Sorry, that just that just made me think of something. That's the reaction I had with um the the Netflix series Queen's Gambit. I, I watched that. Yeah, the chess. Yeah, the chess one. The the first couple episodes were kind of slow and dry for me, and I almost stopped watching the series because I tuned into it for the chess. I wanted to see mm. like this weird socially awkward girl like kick people's ass at chess. That's why I was watching the series. Um and in the beginning, like, they kind of, like, bait you in with that. So I knew it happened. But the first couple episodes are, like, her childhood. She's in an orphanage. She's taken a bunch of pills. She meets a janitor. The janitor teaches her how to play chess. And when the janitor actually started teaching her how to play chess, that was interesting. But there was this whole, like, subplot where she's trying to make friends in the orphanage. And mm. she's taking pills and watching movies. And I'm just like, get, oh, I'm just done with this. I don't care. Get back to the chess. Yep, and that's just what I was about to get onto, is the amount of relationships in a show about karate is unfounded. Like, there's a fucking spider network there bigger than the MS Paint diagram I showed you several months ago. Oh my god, that's... So, yeah, that is, a, I think, a problem that a lot of shows get into, is they have too much plot and not enough story. Hmm. Like... Or am I getting that backwards? Too much story, not well, plot. The, yeah, there's too much drama, and they should just do what the the thing sells. What what? Like drama, drama is fine as long as it serves the purpose of telling the story you want to tell. Like if that if David was acting more levelly, and so here's here's an example of like a way they could have changed that. So instead of him kicking him out first, what happens is first his daughter's grounded. And then his student takes her out to a party, gets her drunk, and then, you know, she's staying over. And then he shows up at the house and realizes this is happening. And then that's when he starts to, you know, get angry and conflicted and kicking him out. That that would have been a more logical progression. But it seems like they're just, from what you're describing, like gyrating wildly between him being over-the-top angry at his student and and then just suddenly super chill again yeah yeah being chill and supportive and like yeah go do it i mm. believe in you but don't get my daughter drunk again like <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel the, the the way i'm thinking about it is you can get teenage drama in almost any tv program yeah. like it is the the bread and butter of any show, any movie, any... Uh, not so much a video game. Like, you get it anywhere. Even horror movies and things. So, what makes a TV program special isn't the relationships anymore. Because yeah. everyone has that. Well, it's... it's You have to handle the... I think what people are craving... I think the rise of more complicated and competent TV shows is showing... Is that because there's such a ubiquitous... The, these sort of teenage drama shows have become 
ubiquitous that sort of plot line people are like Mm. craving more refined and intelligent entertainment and i don't mean intelligent like people are using big words or like talking about like you know hard science i mean intelligent like you have characters acting in nuanced and ambiguous like morally ambiguous ways like real humans do yeah and i mean just something that engages your brain a little bit yeah like imagine you're watching uh what's it called the uh walking dead yeah right i've not seen it myself but i'm just i've only seen the first season and a half okay imagine if first season really good lots of zombies killing them talking about plans to escape to survive second season Marsha cheated on brad (laughs) oh Marsha. who the fuck cares it's a zombie invasion (laughs) we don't care about the relationship (laughs) get back to the zombies that's how i'm feeling well yeah and i yeah i i think it's it, it is it's it's also staying in your lane um yeah I think that's that's a piece of it too. Like, if you have like a first season of a show that has become wildly successful and people really like the core concept of it, you can kind of experiment and like add a few extra flavors here and there, but don't sacrifice that core concept mm. in order to add those flavors, right? Yeah. And uh, so so Scott Scott's been watching it. Yeah. Uh, he's just finished the first season, so poor bastard's in for a ride. Um, <laughs> and something that he mentioned, which, well, I say mentioned, he screamed it to me over message, um, <laughs> is the, the number of really cool cars they have in it. And I'm not a particularly gear heady person, hmm. but even I got to me, I like old cars. Like, just the look of them. I don't care about driving or anything. But, um,. He goes through... Uh, Scott, if you're listening to this, stop listening. <laughs> yeah. Until you've watched them. Um, there's a lot Spoiler of... alert for one specific viewer. Yeah. <laughs> well, he goes through a lot of cars. He, his first car, yeah, it's pretty cool, but it's also like super beaten up the whole time. and hmm. I wasn't too sad when it goes. His second car he gets is like this... So cool, badass uh, Dodge Challenger, I think it was. Something. Uh, it's got a matte black spray with the yellow stripe down it with the the logo of the, the karate dojo on the side and the seats. Leather, all this kind of stuff. Looks really cool. Um, and then <laughs> at one point he just gets rid of it. Um, and it, I, I don't know, there's... They keep swapping out the cars. I feel like every time a new car ad promotion comes in through the line, <laughs> they're just chucking out the old one and putting in a new one. I mean, uh, going back to our discussion on product placement, you can kind of hardly blame them. Mm. Like, getting... For for a, a show that's as niche... Like, when I say niche, I mean... It kind of bucks a lot of the, the trends and tropes that are really popular now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taking risks, and I feel like whenever a show does something like that, they kind of need to guarantee that they're still going to be able to keep the lights on next season. You know? Yeah. Uh, they w- I will say they did do one very cool segment, mm. and 
it was a complete surprise to me at the time. The main bad guy who only comes in after season one, he is the original um, uh, sensei of the evil Cobra guy Kai. from Karate Kid. Yeah. But, yeah. The original Cobra Kai sensei, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes in, he's this old guy smoking cigar, he's just a complete tool bag. And I think it's season three or something, they do a flashback to, like, his origins. There is something extremely satisfying about a really well-done villain. Like, a guy who is just a complete fucking dick and is just yeah. loving it. Well, all the way through Karate Kid, he's a massive dick. All the way through second season of Cobra Kai, he's a massive dick. And only now, after so, so, so many hours of he's an absolute wanker, do they give you the slightest bit of here's why he's an absolute wanker. I... And... Is, cool. Sorry, is it done well, or what were you about to say? So the way it's done is, the first thing you see is he's like working a shitty cafe job. Some guy's being an asshole to him. Someone is bullying him. Mm. And then he's like, fuck this, I'm going to go out and join the army. Then the next one it goes to is, he's he's got this girlfriend back home, he's in Vietnam, and he's like at the front of the pack, he's he's doing all he can for his country kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some guy comes up to him and he's like, we want you for a specialist group. Uh, oh my god, is he going to karate the Viet Cong? Well, he is he is trained in like combat. Um but they I, go out I'm just I'm just being sarcastic, go on. And um he goes out with a specialist group of people who have like nothing to lose as were they're like the toughest of the toughest. And just before they leave, the commander is told that his girlfriend back home has passed away. Oh but he doesn't tell the guy. Okay. So they're out on this mission and someone's uh, placing some explosives by a Viet Cong building. Mm -hmm. He's got like the trigger for it and the guy gets found out. And so he, he's being told, blow the explosive, do it. You know, kill, you're going to kill your own guy, but it's going to save everyone else here. He can't blow the blow the bomb. This is the guy who's been a complete asshole for like the whole time up until now. He's like, he, he can't blow up his friend. So they all get captured, they get taken to a Viet Cong camp, and they're put in a cage, and one by one, they're taken out. Uh, well, two two at a time, they're being taken out, and they're forced to fight on this, like, platform above a massive pit. And only later do you find out the pit is filled to the brim with snakes and cobras, etc. Like they have, like, a fucking Mortal Kombat, like, fight arena kind of deal going on yes so they're fo they're forced to fight each other and kill their own like brothers in arms yeah and he comes up against his his boss who put him on this mission and his boss is like yeah by the way your wife's dead oh so okay. like he's been gone well i so, go go on i'm interrupting you i'm kind of guessing the plot point and i'm, I'm trying okay. to have, like just let you finish and i'm like he's, oh oh is this what happened but go on he's being an, uh, like an absolute asshole he's trying to get the guy to drop his focus so that he can kill him and the oh. boss guy will survive um the halfway through their fight the big guy gets like knocked he's on the edge of the platform he's holding on with like just his hands um 
and then suddenly the 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 fucking I was about to say the boys in blue, hmm. the the army uh, reached their position basically. Uh, yeah. Planes go overhead. All the Vietnam, all the Vietnamese start running away, and the guy's still hanging there. He's like, "Great, pull me up," and he's like, "No, fuck you." Pushes him down to the snake full, the snake full of pits, the pit <laughs> full of snakes. Um, and so that kind of um, explains a how he got his training, b why he's like such an asshole because he believes it's like every man for himself now. Yeah, uh, and also the cold cobra thing. Uh, and you know, it's very like the up until then, it's all been about like school kids and karate dojos. And suddenly it's Vietnam. That's basically torture. I really, I really like that that kind of plot twist, though. Yeah, I really like that. Was a probably one of my so, favorite parts of the late series. I, I will say that when I was try, like I was, I was like chomping at the bit to kind of jump in and mm. like, guess <laughs> guess what the plot point was going to be. Um, I was giving it too much credit, so I was thinking that they were going to be more nuanced with the guy's commander and make him like he's he's telling him that to piss him off so that he'll kill him and be more okay with you know killing this guy oh i thought he's just an asshole yeah 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 he was just an (laughs) asshole which again i'm maybe i'm just i'm overthinking it but yeah that's that was my immediate thought was like oh oh is it is it because of this and no it it was it was a little bit more simplistic than that but i still Mm. i like that I always like it when a story goes a little bit extra to kind of humanize um, the antagonist. Even the bad guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, because a, a straightforward, like, good and evil kind of plot line is, I mean, it's it's like a, it's like a snack. It's, it kind of satiates you, but it doesn't satisfy you. Right. And I think that there's there's a lot of satisfaction, at least that I get out of watching a very complex and morally ambiguous kind of uh, bit of writing. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know. So is is that? Are you on season three now? Is that where you are? Yeah. So I finished season three. The next one comes out in uh, early 2021. So yeah. hopefully it's pretty soon. Um, should I move on to the other? Well, uh, unlike um, yeah, unlike the the BBC shows that come out in the US first. <laughs> well, yes, I'm sure it's probably already aired no, no, season no, no. five it, over there. <laughs> no, 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 it's 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 airing simultaneously across the world. Um, so I was actually going to what what is the 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 last thing you wanted to talk about? Because there we've got basically enough time for one more thing. Well, the other series I've started watching. <laughs> well, because I was also watching another series this week that I know we haven't talked about. Oh, um, shit. So, uh, what was the series that you were going to talk about? Tell me, and I'll, I'll tell you what I'm... And we'll, 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 we'll decide. We'll decide live on the air what we're actually going to finish okay. off the well, podcast I mean, with. Or we can give teasers and talk about them more later. And just give, like, a, a brief... A brief synopsis? The thing that I'm watching... <sighs> I'm not going to be able to watch that in one week. <laughs> um, I've what? been watching uh, The Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah, you uh, you mentioned this earlier to me. Okay, that, that rings a bell. So, The Sons of Anarchy follows a biker gang in 
place called Charming in America. Yeah. Charming. And it's uh yeah, so the the biker gang has um like a main leader and a vice leader. Um and they they have a bit of contention between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which slowly builds up over the series. I've only seen one and a half seasons so far. Um, but there's a lot of good gunfights. Um, and some really hateable villains, which is good. Um, also, you kind of... It, it's another series where the bad guy is kind of the person you're rooting for. Yeah. I'm just um, I'm thinking back to the line from Peaky Blinders. It's like, very Peaky Blinders. Well, yeah. the 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 um the line from the bartender is like, it's like, uh, was it Tommy? You're bad men, but you're our bad men. Yeah. Rather the one that you know. Yeah. Um. So yes, the it's all about rival gangs and. Uh, season two so far has been all about the Nazis have come to town basically uh, and they're trying to get them out springtime uh, for Hitler and Germany indeed that's a and movie we need to watch sometime because I've, do, cause neither I've of us seen, have seen it we have neither of us have seen it we've seen I've seen clips from it all over the place uh, the movie I'm referencing by the way is the producers mm. um and yeah, it's definitely not something for the faint of heart to watch. There's a lot of viscera yeah. um, and some very dark moments, particularly revolving around, like, there was one guy who was a bit of a... I say a bit of a... He was a stalker. Mm. And that goes down some dark alleyways. But uh, to be fair, there, there was quite a bit of, uh, like explicit gore in Hot Fuzz, too. Oh. Yeah, okay. The, the bit at the end of Hot Fuzz where the guy gets the church steeple through his mouth. Yeah. Well, that's really... That used to gross me out. But everything else in Hot Fuzz is pretty okay. When the guy's head explodes when the fucking thing falls on it? Yeah. I don't know. That looks kind of comical to me. Most cause... of the... I, I don't know. That gratuitous... Even if it's, like, really fake-looking, that sort of gratuitous gore always bothered me. Yeah. They don't hang around on that shelf, though. They don't. And they do, but they do, you're right, hang around on the, um, on yeah. the guy with the thing yeah. through his mouth. That, that bothered me, too. But, I'm again, I'm not really up on gore. Both deaths by church steeples. I well, know. deaths. But, you know. um, yeah, so that's something we can, once you've watched a little bit more, we can maybe talk about it more next yeah. week. Uh, the, the two things that I have had on my plate so one of them is a it's getting to be quite an old series at this point um but it's kind of a classic and it's one that was cancelled I think before it's time uh Firefly um yeah I was I just I just during the week um to have something I've on heard it, of that it's quite good it's only 14 episodes and then they they cancelled it because it had kind of mm-hmm. mediocre ratings but it was so popular after it finished airing like, people were buying up the DVDs. Everyone loved it when they finally found out about it. It just had poor marketing. It was aired at a weird time. The The network that was airing it on TV fucked around with the episode, like, order, and that screwed with people. 
like they couldn't understand the plot because they rearranged the episodes to try and make it more interesting. Yeah. But it became so popular after the fact that um, people, so many people were clamoring for a resolution that they got funding to make a movie. And Oof. they made, they did, they made a movie that resolved the plot. And the movie was quite good. Oh. Uh, but there were a lot of things that were left unanswered. It's basically like a, like a Western set in space, essentially. Mm. Um, he basically, humanity goes out, terraforms a whole bunch of new planets and moons. There's a core group of central planets that uh, rule as a kind of like authoritarian technocracy. Whereas all yeah. the border planets are kind of loosely governed and sometimes have technology only approaching like the Wild West. <laughs> like, is it kind of like, what was it, Westworld? No. That's the one in space with. No, Cowboys, West, right? Westworld is the one where there's essentially a theme park with robots where people go to live out their Wild West fantasies. Yeah, that's in space, isn't it? Nope. It's on oh. Earth. I haven't okay, seen I haven't it, seen but I, I know that it's on Earth. Okay. <laughs> the the other one that I've heard talked up that I want to watch, and it's something that I've been wanting to watch for a while, and I don't know too much about it, uh, is The Expanse. And it it's looking to be... It's an Amazon original, and it's looking to be, like... From what I've read about it, and from what I've seen from the previews of it, it yeah. seems like it's a... Um, like sci-fi like near near future sci-fi where you've got um, Mars has been uh, terra partially terraformed and colonized and it's formed its own government there's Earth there's um, settlers who are out in the asteroid belt and the Kuiper belt like mining um, and bringing resources back in to fund the Martian and Earth economies um, but essentially Mars and Earth have kind of entered a cold war and they're sort of <clears throat> they're sort of like uh, at each other's throats and tensions are getting high and then all the free miners who are out in the asteroid and Kuiper belts are starting to go like why do we you know slave out here to send most of our profits back to Earth you know we should form our own like government it's it seems to be, going back to my earlier point when you were talking about Cobra Kai, it seems to be a series that is steeped in a lot of complexity and nuance. Hmm. And it has a very plausible sci-fi atmosphere where you could... The technology um, that they have in the series is something that could conceivably exist in, you know, a hundred years. So it's it looks really good. I can't wait to start watching it, and I plan to probably start watching it this weekend um, after I finish the Mandalorian. So continuing my um, my my habit, I say couch potato, but I've actually been watching most of the uh, Mandalorian while I've been like on the elliptical working out. Yeah, um, that's cool. It's it, the, the going back to it's kind of a it's a nice thing to chill out and just. Uh, watch because you don't again there's not much focus needed for it. it's very simple plot but simple and enjoyable yeah i get you um i'm looking at the expanse now yeah and it has it, it's making me think of um what we're going to be watching for the next movie night oh right it's your choice isn't it 
Yep, which I'm bringing it back from comedy. I'm bringing it back to Alien. Oh, shit. This is, yep, a classic movie that I have yet to see. Yep. What I really want to show you is Alien 2, but I feel like Gotta you have to watch Alien 1 first. Go also calling back to an earlier podcast, um, Alien is, I think, one of the... Uh, the shining examples that's out there of a well-written strong female protagonist. Yes, it's she's the one we always go to. Really, well, her, there's a few others, but she's she's like kind of the classic one that's given. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm and, looking. I'm looking yeah. for it's uh, it's Ripley, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I saw a, uh, a an iconic scene from it the other day. Yeah. Um. In and. I remember thinking, because I knew what was going to happen, and it is pretty old now, is Alien. <laughs> you... Um, uh, and yeah. so something dramatic and horrifying happens in the scene. But, okay, so you know chest about chestbursters, burster? right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I knew that's what I, oh, I assume that's what you were talking about, and I was about to... Um, <laughs> tell, tell me what you're telling, and then I'll... I'll... So basically, because it's not got all like CGI and amazing effects and things that we have these days, it looks just a little bit dated. And so when it pops up, <laughs> I just because it's got a little mouth, so I just imagine it going when it comes out of the guy's chest. Have you have you ever seen? Oh, and it just made me laugh. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Spaceballs? I haven't, but. I've seen, wait, hang on. Space, I, I, know, I know what Spaceballs is about. It, yeah, I've seen clips of it. Yeah, it's, it's a parody of Star Wars that came out years and years ago. But I, that's a movie I might choose for my movie night sometime because you really need to see it. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but at the very end of the movie, and I'm spoiling this because it has nothing to do with the plot, they, they do a, like a reference to that. Like the... Um, they're, they're at like a space diner and some guy eats a soup and... It's like, oh god, and then he has the, the chest burster come out of him. Yeah. And rather than it being horrifying, like it, it jumps out of him and starts walking down the bar singing, like, Hello, my baby, hello, my darling, hello, my ragtime girl. And yeah. the the people the 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 bar like look over to the bar, it's like, What what did he have? And it's like, Oh, the soup. Like, we'll take the salad. <laughs> it's just yeah. like it was just it was just this stupid joke at the end of the movie. But so yes, I I know of some of the iconic scenes from Alien because I've seen them referenced in so much other yeah, popular. He's been alive the last god knows how. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's heard a bit about Alien. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to be watching here. Okay, so we've we've done a bit of uh, previews now because mm. I mean we probably could have gone on at length. We're going to have a lot for next week's media segment again. <laughs> god. Well, we but we can't do this this bleeding into segment three two times in a row. Come on, we got we got to no. give we got to give people something more wild for the wild card. Well, I mean, next week's going to be a quiz, isn't it? Is it actually? Hold on, seven days from now, it's not the end of the month yet. But last week, we, last month we did a week early, and also next week, as you pointed out, is going to be the half year point on the TMCJ podcast. That's a good point. Okay. So, it is It is both a special occasion and we're approaching the end of the month. Uh, based yeah. on that, you are absolutely right. It will be a quiz also, segment. And it's my turn to be quizzed. It won't technically come out till the end of the month because I think it's 14 days from now. Oh, God. Okay. God. 
Again, I said this on the last podcast, but you were slowly becoming the brains of this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, actually, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, next week, yeah. we will be doing a quiz segment. It's back to me being quizzed, because um, I quizzed yes. you the last time. Uh, we'll have to figure out a theme for it, but uh, yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, yeah. That being said, we have gone quite quite a bit. We're not we're not quite at our longest point yet, but we have been uh, recording for an hour and fifty minutes total. Oh shit! Oh so, yeah, we're on thirty eight minutes. What the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we 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 had so much media. We used, we used two segments and we still didn't finish talking about everything. Yeah, um, and we had like nothing for the first segment. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we probably could have just talked about like movies and TV shows for the entire podcast this week. Yeah, um, God. Well, I mean, hopefully all of you out there listening uh, enjoyed uh, listening to us just rhapsodize about whatever we, we've about been watching on fucking TV this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, I think that's where we're going to end it. So uh, thank you all for listening. This is the end of episode 25 of the TMCJ podcast. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in again next week. Have a great week.